This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Welcome to the Helium Boys podcast, an emergency edition of a serious, non-serious USC podcast. Now, actually, it's not really an emergency. It's more of a breaking news uh, edition because we found out that Danton Lynn is going to be USC's defensive coordinator going forward. USC is set to hire him. Uh, Our site, uh, Ryan Abraham, was able to put it on the board that this is what we're hearing And then about 15 minutes later, a bunch of national reporters jumped on it as well and confirmed that that is what is going to happen. So, you know, we're hearing it from across the landscape. Appears that USC finally has a defense coordinator in Danton Lynn. Chris, you were the first one to respond when Ryan threw in our uh, group text, hey, it's going to be Danton Lynn. Looks like it's going to be Danton Lynn. What is your reaction? We're going to put you on the clock to start our two-minute drill you are on the clock and go. Look, I'm going to answer the first question that is on the minds of a lot of USC fans. How does this hire affect their chances with Jim Leonard? And I got to say, it does affect their chances with Jim <laughs> Leonard because Dan Danton Lynn is the new defensive coordinator. I don't want to say this is a home run hire, but I will say this is a really, really good hire. In my opinion, first reaction off tape, you know, I think... There is, I think USC fans, there's a little bit of a risk worry here because Lynn is sort of a, can he build off what he did in year one? This is his first year as a defensive coordinator coming from the NFL ranks, you know, all those times as a safety coach with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So a little DMV love there uh, out there for Baltimore, Maryland. But, you know, I think this is a really good hire. I think this is a guy who knows how to turn around a defense. You saw what he did with UCLA in just one season, taking them from, you know, around the 90th ranked defense to a top 15 defense across the board, number two rushing defense in the country. 
what has been one of the biggest issues among issues that USC's defense has had? They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. They can't tackle. But the run defense has been a big issue. And Dantzlin, you know, made this UCLA UCLA defense a really, really, really good run defense. Again, you're going to have to hope that he can continue to grow. He's only 34 years old. Shotgun, I don't mean to put you on the spot. But he is younger than you. He is a younger than you. He's shaking his head. But that's just weird that he's like, Right in between us. That, that's just a weird fact for me. But I really like the hire. I know, you know, USC did try to make a play for Jim Leonard. And I know a lot of USC fans would have liked that. You know, we're talking about Jim Leonard right now. But I think Lynn is a very good hire going into the Big Ten. His defenses are tough. His defenses in that 4-3 scheme can stop the run. I think it's going to be a good pairing for Lincoln Riley and USC. Two minutes on the dot. Nice Let's work, go, sir. Oh, baby. Let's go, baby. And I just want to say a bonus shout out to Ryan Abraham for just coming in out of the nowhere, just dropping it in while he's in Vegas. He's at the Pac-12 championship game right now with triple double. And Ryan, if you're listening to this, leaving the stadium, I don't know. I hope you're putting a lot of money down at the blackjack tables tonight. You are on a lucky streak. So shout out to you for being all the national media. So I'm hoping that that luck continues in Vegas. Shotgun, are you ready? Sure, I'm ready to go. Let's go, Chris. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, see, ready. you're not ready. I know. Okay, here we go. Ready, Shotgun? I need your reaction to this hire. Let's go. I mean, the first thing is, it, it was very interesting. The names we've been hearing, uh, they keep popping up different ones throughout the week. Throughout last week, we thought it, something would be done quickly. Didn't. You know, whether that fell through, whether it, we won't ever f- probably fully figure out the backstory on that. I know we've got some questions on social media about what happened with Jim Leonard. We're not going to know that immediately until Jim Leonard or Lincoln Riley decides to make that conversation known. Uh, but they decide not to go with Jim Leonard or the decision is made somewhere there. He was in the in the candidate pool for sure. They do not come with him. Instead, instead of Leonard, they get Lynn. It's close, close. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll bring somebody in on staff whose name is Nerd. You know, maybe they'll bring some nerds in. It'll be Leonard. Um, so, you know, my, my thoughts are if Danton Lynn can do what he did at UCLA, USC should be right back in the thick of the CFP next year. When you add Lincoln Riley's offense, even though they're going to be putting a new quarterback in there, He's not going to inherit. Denton is not inheriting Alatu Latu and the Murphy twins up front. So there's going to be some challenges for sure. But if he can do what he did, which is basically the exact same situation from UCLA, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but basically the same situation he's coming into new quarterback, offense has been really good, but the defense has been terrible, takes over the situation, turns it around, then USC should be right back in the mix in the in the college football playoff next year. I really like what I've seen from him, but I would have liked personally would have liked someone with a little bit more of a proven track record. So there's definitely some big risk there, but also could be big reward when you go after someone young. Uh, that's always the case. You know, you can get Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, with the with the Raiders, or you can find a new Wonderkin, and that's what uh, USC's hoping to find here with Denton Lynn. Wow, Shotgun, we're both on it today that was two minutes on the dot congrats to you shotgun you're you're on point i mean i, th- I think it's the, the adrenaline you know when, when these things start popping we're yeah. going back and forth we're trying to figure out our content plan we're trying to figure out if we're going to have a podcast all this type stuff 
then you know we, we got we are our juices flowing as journalists. So um, you know the, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But we're hyped up right now. That a decision has been made. You know the the searches can get long. And I actually brought this up on the the triple double podcast with Mister Triple Double Connor Morissette. Uh, I asked him if he was okay because his first his first uh, coaching search and it looked like he was getting worn down a little bit by it. <laughs> Baby, baby's first coaching search. You know, I remember my first coaching search. It happens. It happens. And speaking of which, this is our podcast first, like emergency coaching search podcast. So congrats to us, Shotgun. Baby's first, baby podcast, first emergency pod. Yeah, we do it all here. Um, But yeah, let's go forward. The the interesting thing about this hire is, or, or the interesting thing about this news coming out right now is, all right. What's the next step? If it comes out on Friday, or if the you know if the paperwork is figured out here uh, during the while the Pac-12 uh, championship game is going on, if the paperwork is figured out, then he can be in the office for a big recruiting weekend coming up. Even though we'd like to see a little bit more recruiting going on uh, the last couple weekends than what USC has necessarily done. But he can jump in right on the trail. USC has thrown some offers out for some transfer portal guys. We've seen some USC people, USC players going in the transfer portal. So what's the biggest first, what's the first thing you think he's got to address? The first thing he's got to really jump in on um, in this new job at USC. Well, I think it's obviously that's a good question. And I think obviously for me, it's like it was imperative to have your DC in place or have someone in place that you could recruit with because of the transfer portal. The transfer portal opens fully for everyone on Monday, December 4th. That's when you can enter it. I mean, you're seeing guys that are grad transfers or have had a coaching change at the head coaching position. They can answer enter immediately. And they are right now. But on December 4th, everyone is going to open and get in there. So I think it was imperative that you have someone in place. You have a little bit of juice. You know, you got a little bit of the news cycle with like, hey, we just poached Danson Lynn, one of the best young defensive coordinators in the country. He's going to be wearing Cardinal and gold. He's ours. And USC has really struggled on the defensive recruiting trail, especially with defensive linemen. And this is going to be the opportunity to get there, get your hands dirty. You know, you're going to look at the roster. He's going to see that we need more defensive linemen. They are losing a bunch of defensive linemen, not necessarily like impact starters, but some guys who were contributors and, you know, some guys that didn't play up to the potential that we had for this season. But still, you're losing some bodies. You're going to need to replenish that to go along with Bear Alexander. You have that nice little foundation piece Lynn does in Bear Alexander. So he's got to get in there and he's going to start recruiting defensive linemen. That'd be the first thing I think you need to bring in a whole bunch of defensive linemen. You have one commit in the 2024 class and David Pele Pele. And it seems like they're going to be parting way soon here from that class. So you got to get grinding on defensive linemen. That's going to be the, the key going to the big 10. You cannot be soft in the trenches. You cannot be soft in the trenches or you're going to get pushed around just like USC got pushed around a lot this year. So that would be my first thing. Get in the transfer portal. I'm not even necessarily worried about high school recruiting at this moment. You got to get in the transfer portal because that's where you're going to make your your money for next season. And hey, you're going to the Big Ten, like you mentioned. Denton Lynn knows the Big Ten because he played at Penn State, so he's got some you know experience there. He knows the type of ball that's being played there. He has that experience. He has the intelligence of both that level 
that type of physicality as well as the NFL physicality. So he knows, and especially after seeing what his pass rush could do at UCLA, he's going to be out there like, I got to get somebody, I got to get some more bodies. I got to get somebody to go along with Barry Alexander up here at the front. Because I think Barry Alexander kind of wore down as the season went along. Um, he was facing a ton of double teams. No one else is making plays in the interior. He's playing the nose a lot. You know, if you can get in a true nose, can someone else, you know, can can he move over and play the three-tech? You know, so that's an, a, a potential. Those are very hard to come by, especially in the transfer portal. So uh, we'll see if they can do anything there. But I, I think you're absolutely right. You got to get in and you got to start looking at that board. You got to start looking at your depth chart and saying, all right, where can we add talented players from the transfer portal? Uh, you know, what is – you know, if you're playing NCAA football, hey, it's coming back. Don't 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 be uh, scared, guys. It's coming back. Don't let uh, certain people tell you get you scared when they send out tweets and stuff. It is coming back. We'll be back next summer. But when you're playing and you're allotting your recruitment points or whatever you get, uh, you know, when you're recruiting, you know, that's what he's got to do. Come in his recruiting points, his minutes that he has. How is he going to allot those? And I, I think that's a big one is at first you got to attack the defensive tackle position as much as you can, whatever it takes to try to get somebody in to help out there. And then can you coach them up? You know, I talked about this with Gerard um, before of, you know, you look at some of the guys they brought in and you're scratching your head a little bit. Like Mason Cobb was, you know, an all big 12 type performer led the Oklahoma state in tackles. Keon Bars was all Pac-12 second team at one point. Jack Sullivan made an impact. Those guys came in and just didn't do, you know, didn't do as much as we thought they would and or didn't do anything. And so that leads you to think, all right, that's that's can't be all those guys that are just, you know, not as good as we're anticipated. So that makes you think, all right, the coaching. So can he come in and can he spark someone? And if they, he was to spark someone, Chris, Who's the one guy you think would be the biggest game changer for USC if if Danton Land could come in and you know personally mold someone and turn them into the playmaker we believe they could be? I think you have a lot of great options. Obviously, Bear Alexander. You have freaking Braylon Shelby, a just a freak athlete who is dying to be to be you know utilized as. You know, I'm I'm sorry to see his cornerback career end, but I think he could be a pretty <laughs> special pass rusher. I'm I'm going to say that right now. You know, obviously Mason Cobb. You have Tackett Curtis, who you know they weren't playing to his strengths last year, thinking too much. But the first guy that really comes to mind for me, uh, Shadi, is Eric Gentry. Eric Gentry just being the unicorn that he is, and these 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 abilities as he has, and obviously the playing time and the consistency of him playing on the field for USC. It was, it was a, a puzzling storyline for USC's defense. But for me, I think there's a lot of great options. You know, some of those guys I just named, but Eric Gentry for me is it's like one of those guys that you, if you just unlock, there's just so much potential with him. And we've seen that potential where he can just take over a game. Like look at the cow game. They don't win that game without Eric Gentry making those plays that he made. So you know, Mason Cobb obviously has a lot of potential. Tacky Curtis does. Rajon Davis has a potential. Braylon Shelby, you're hoping he can get the next level. He's just a sophomore. And then Bear Alexander with all he can do. But Eric Gentry, for me, that that's kind of the one that is in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, that's a very good one, obviously, because he creates so many mismatches himself. He's so unique, that, which then in turn 
take someone that knows or can figure out the best way to use someone. You know, unique can be good or it can be bad. Unique can be, you know, if you, you're slotted into a normal position, and unique doesn't shine. But if someone knows how to move you around, look at maybe Troy Polamalu, the way he was able to freelance so much, especially with the Steelers, you know, later in his career, they just let him go. And, you know, they were able to do uh, – Blanking on the name of the defense coach that was there for forever, uh, forgive me on that one. But uh, you know, if you're able to do something like that and figure out how to use that elite player and let them just go be themselves, then Eric Gentry definitely can make such a big impact. We think, uh, and we've seen him make some big time impact before. But I'm talking about just unlocking someone who hasn't met that potential. And to me, that person is it's kind of a duo. But Anthony Lucas. A guy that we just did not see. We heard everyone in the preseason talk about how this guy is a freak, a freak, a freak, a freak. This guy, when he, you know, he, sometimes he doesn't even know exactly what he's doing, and he's just making these ridiculous plays. Um, and so you expected, all right, there should be a progression as the season goes along. Instead, there was a regression where he just he didn't even get playing time late in the year. So if they can unlock that one former five-star guy, that would be one. And then in a similar vein, Corey Foreman's the the ultimate, you know, what could, you know, what could be um, if someone can unlock that potential, get, you know, fully get to him and, you know, he gets to what he's capable of. So there's, that's going to be the intriguing thing to me. Yeah. You're going to have to go out, you're going to get a nose tackle or you're going to have to get another defense tackle and the new bodies that come in. But do we see someone take a jump, you know, because I'm always rooting for the guys that have struggled. You know, the guys that oh, they haven't lived up to their potential, when are they going to get their chance? The guys that haven't got a chance, I want to say, when are they going to get their chance? And when you do get your chance, can you shine? Can you take that big step forward? And those are two guys, I think, if they if they can, that he can do something with them, then USC's defense could really make a big jump similar to UCLA. And I mentioned this is kind of a redux, but this is the exact same situation that Denton Lynn walks into um, with UCLA this past year, UCLA loses Dorian Thompson Robinson. They have a great offense. Suddenly their offense is terrible. We don't think that Lincoln Riley's offense will be as bad. You know, USC may go out in the portal and get a big time quarterback. They may go with Miller Moss. They go, may go with Malachi Nelson. It's going to be someone that doesn't have experience in this offense yet, you know, game time experience. So I still think. I'm still putting my trust in Lincoln Riley as an offense coordinator that it will still look pretty good, much better than UCLA's offense did this year. But if you can turn around the defense, and you know, an awful defense, that's what UCLA was last year. That's what USC is this year. So if he can turn around the defense, then suddenly things turn around a lot. So you saw the game plan for you know what is possible with Danton Lynn this year at UCLA, and now we'll see if. That can translate in his second year. And if it does, boy, how hot does his name become across all coaching landscapes? Because he did a great, fantastic job this year, and everyone's uh, really hyped on his knowledge and all this stuff. But it's one year. We've seen those flash in the pans. You know, whether it be an off, one, one year offense is really good, or, you know, you have one star player and that helps. And he did have some star players up front. So we'll see if he can if you can do it in year two and you know how things change there. Very interesting because if we're you know talking about as a stock, you know, UCLA deserves a lot of credit, you know, 
putting a lot of money on Lynn when they hired him as a guy who's never been a defensive coordinator and they got great return on it. Not as an entire team, obviously they were, they were bad, but their defense was obviously their strength under Chip Kelly, which is like a weird statement to say, but now USC is paying a premium to get him because, you know, you're betting that his stock is only going to get higher. It's only going to go up stock up on Lynn. You know, you're hoping that he can be better. He's only 34 years old. First, first year as a defensive coordinator, still got a lot to learn. But, you know, the first return as a year one D- DC were were incredible. Now you just got to hope he keeps Im- improving and not plateauing. And as you said, you know, it's not a, a one and done, not one and done, but a one hit wonder kind of deal. So USC buying buying high on the stock and hoping it, it uh, appreciates. Is that the word appreciates more? I believe that is correct. I don't have any. I'm I'm broke, so you know I don't have a ton of stock money here. Uh, but stock up uh, on that for sure. But stock down on UCLA. That team could potentially be awful next year. A new defense coordinator is going to come in and have no defense line talent. Now they're going to hit the portal. They've done a really good job hitting the portal. Um, and those guys that we've talked about, Latu, the Murphy twins, those guys all came from the portal. Now that's two years ago. So, but. Whoever comes in, there's not going to be a ton of talent to start with there on the defensive side. And then the offensive side, you got Dante Moore already in the transfer portal. Uh, so we'll see what that UCLA – and I, th- I found it interesting, USC went and poached Danton Lynn away from UCLA. Hot up-and-coming name. UCLA has taken some coaches from USC as well. However, those are guys that USC has fired two years prior almost every time, whether it be uh, Tim Drevno or Clancy Pendergast. Uh, you know, there's been a couple other names that are over there, Johnny Nansen. So it's just interesting that that's how it's kind of worked out, and that's kind of the relationship. I asked people in the in uh, on Twitter, um, what's your, your GIF reaction, USC fans? What's your GIF reaction to it? And very up and down, very up and down, very, you know, some really excited, some not some, some, you know, kind of given the – Come see, come saw, you know, I'm in between. I'm unsure how this is going to be. But there are a couple that were directed at UCLA, and it's like, I'm still your big brother. Uh, and that's definitely what this move feels like to me. Um, but it's interesting that this is coming off of a UCLA game. You hire the guy away that just made the biggest impact against you. What impact do you think what UCLA's defense did against Lincoln Riley's offense the person who's making the decision, a person that has an electric offense, typically, what impact do you think that makes when the when you're hiring a position that just shut down your offense? It's like it feels like the ultimate self scout shotgun. It's like <laughs> this guy absolutely shut us down. I want him on my team. That's what it feels like, and he's obviously somebody who can like. I, I would I would shotgun. I know shotgun would pay a lot of money. He said he's broke, but I know he'd pay a lot of money just to be like a fly on the wall of listening to Lincoln Riley and uh, Lynn talk to each other about what they saw on the other oh, yeah. side of the field. Like we, you, you would just you would just love it. You would pay. You would take out a second mortgage just to just to be able to listen to them talk about the philosophies and what they saw when they were kind of like you know preparing to go against each other for the first time. And obviously Lynn got the better of that one. So I'm sure, you know, listening to him talk about it, like why he was able to attack it or how he was able to attack it will lead to Lincoln Riley, the tinkerer that he is. And the guy who can constantly keep pushing the envelope will go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, this is how we beat me. Let's figure out a way to make sure the next DC that we face doesn't beat us like this. 
Conspiracy theory here, Chris. Uh, it has been reported that Dentalin is going to make about $2 million for USC. I think Bruce Feldman was the one that reported that. Conspiracy theory. Lincoln Riley just spent $2 million. Now, granted, it's not his money, but spent $2 million just to find out how someone stopped him. <laughs> That's a, Just give me the secret. Just pay for the secret. I'll pay you $2 million. Just tell me how you beat me. Yeah, so that... That, that's a great point. That's a great point. And you joke, it's not his money, but he could definitely afford it if he wanted to pay that's him true. out of pocket himself. But yeah, it's not his money. And yeah, they were going to have to pay if they wanted uh, Lynn because he was making about 1.02, I think, at, at UCLA. So a good first deal for a first year defensive coordinator. But so yeah, they were definitely going to have to pay. You know, we heard about 2 million was kind of a money they were throwing out. We even heard 3 million when it came to the kind of the Leonard discussions. Uh, can't verify if that was true or not, but that was a number thrown out. So USC was definitely going to pay for DC this uh, during this uh, coaching search. Yeah, the USC was willing to go up to potentially about 3 million. I think the numbers for Leonard, we, we, I think Gerard had an update that was a little bit less than that, is the more than likely numbers that uh, may have been mentioned with his name. Get Lynn for about 2 million, it sounds like. Not a bad deal for Denton Lynn. Hey, you did a good job in your first year on the, on the job as defense coordinator. You know what? We're gonna give we're gonna double your salary. We're gonna give you a million dollar raise, basically. Ryan Abraham, when you're listening to this, Chris and I are crushing the Helium Boys podcast. No, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It's our first season of this show. Where's that double up, skis? I'm looking for it. Um, we got but- good numbers. We got good numbers. We got strong numbers. We're tackling <laughs> numbers. Are good. Our uh, PFF grades are great. Our uh, adjusted uh, whatever podcast inflation numbers. I don't know. I'm making up stuff. <laughs> They're great, man. We're great. Speaking of PFF numbers and a couple numbers here, um, missed tackles. Obviously been an issue for USC. I believe tell it's us, what? Been six years in a row that I, I tweeted this out. It's been six years now that USC will finish averaging at least 10 missed tackles per game. And they're one of only, I think, three teams in the nation, uh, in the three power five, maybe. I don't remember. I have to check my tweet for that. They miss a lot of tackles. And it's been a consistent thing under three or four different coordinators. Well, UCLA this year had 107 missed tackles so far in 12 games. That's about 8.9, I think it was. Um, so that's if USC can get down to an 8.9 average, they win another game this year. That's that's it. They win another game. That's how bad their tackling has been. Look back at the, the Pac-12 championship. They make two more tackles in that game. They tackle money parts going across the middle. They tackle one of the tight ends. It, it was a blowout game, but two tackles could have changed the complete trajectory of that game, and that's how their, bad their tackling has been in the past. So that really stands out. Obviously, he had some big-time playmakers with Latu Latu and the Murphy Twins, like I mentioned. Kamari Ramsey, young kid from Sierra Canyon, really graded out well for him. But really, like you look at this, the roster, and there was like there wasn't a ton of talent. Not not talent, but there weren't a ton of stars in the back seven. Not not a bunch of guys that are NFL draft pick names, first or second rounders outside of Latu. So for him to come in and transform a defense. That isn't like, oh, well, they still had they had Tuli Tui Pelotu waiting for him, and they had, you know, they had Troy Palomalu at at say at 
in the secondary. What like they had multiple All Americans and they just weren't good under the previous coach. That wasn't the case. Latu had done some things, but you know he was he was being hyped as a potential pick, but he hadn't fully realized it. And then the Murphy twins have been good, but not great. And they were great this season. But the back seven, no one is really like that guy is definitely an NFL guy. Maybe Devin Kirkwood, you know, if he he because of the size and length. Uh, but otherwise, like no one off the top of my head. I don't know. Maybe you disagree, and there's someone you, you're thinking of, but no one off the top of my head is like, oh yeah, that guy's definitely going to be an NFL guy down the road. But that also stood out to me that you know what he was able to do with that defense without there being the star power as well. Shotgun, I know this isn't a normal episode, but I did want to throw some take it or leave it at your face we're gonna regarding save the DC. We're going to save those, Chris. I thought we were going to save them. I'm just, I'm just want to get them over with. I just want to get them over <laughs> with. We're in the flow right now. I just want to go. All right, go for it, Chris. Go for it. Yeah, let's, let's go. It. We're just here. Through the veins. You say horse, you say horse it? Course it. Through the veins. Horse it. Course it through the veins. Uh, this one's kind of a joke, but uh, take it or leave it. Lynn coming over means the return of Clancy Pendergast to USC. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. We had a question as well. Ken Norton Jr. run back? And I'm going I'm I'm to leave that one too because you got to remember all these people were there before Linton Lynn was brought in. Those are all Chip Kelly hires, not like he brought in a bunch of staff with him, which is going to be the interesting part and something that USC fans have actually been concerned about is, all right, are they not going to make any changes on the defensive staff? Chris, what, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that we're going to see a lot of changes, a few changes, no changes to the the current defensive staff that they're bringing in because Lynn basically came in for McGovern who uh, you know passed away from cancer last year UCLA's uh defense coordinator and they shifted around some you know some responsibilities but everyone basically stayed so he came in and just fronted a new you know an old staff will is that the thinking with Lincoln Riley do you believe or do you think that we're going to see a couple changes here I'm confident we're going to see some changes. How many? I don't know. I think they want to keep a little bit of continuity for some of the guys they have coming in in this 2024 recruiting class. My like gut feeling is that Roy Manning will be retained. I mean, you have guys like Cameron Fountain, Elijah Newby, Braylon Shelby. That was his primary recruiter. I think it would help to keep Manning around. So that's my gut. I don't think Dante Williams will be retained. I don't think... I, as of right now, I feel like maybe Sean Nua is not going to be retained as well. Brian Odom is kind of the wild card for me. I mean, him and Lincoln Riley go back. So I feel like they would try to maybe keep him around, but I don't know for sure. But I feel decent about Manning's chances to being retained just for that continuity. And, you know, there's already been like talk about a new defensive line. Colin Cowherd right now is on Twitter is teasing an elite defensive line recruiter coming in for USC, they're targeting them. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the staff. But I think there are going to be some staff changes. I don't think everyone's going to be gone, but I do think, but I do foresee some serious ones. Yeah, Manning has a long relationship with, with Lincoln Riley as well as Brian Odom. So those would seem like the two most likely just from relationship side. Um, and then obviously Sean Newell was hired. When Lincoln Riley arrived at USC, Dante Williams was already on staff. He was the lone holdover. So, you know, we'll see how that kind of goes. 
Chris, what else we got can for just, take it or can, leave it? Can I can I just add really quickly? Maybe you see a a extra defensive court a defensive staff spot open. Maybe you part ways with Luke Heward. Maybe you don't want that second inside receiver uh, inside receiver coach, and you use it for you know two linebackers or something. I don't know, but maybe you you add an extra defensive uh, coaching spot just so you can maybe sneak Brian Odom in there. I don't know, just a thought, just a thought, because I know a lot of people don't really see the the need for two wide receiver coaches, especially when you don't have a special teams coordinator. But I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe maybe that's something uh, that is explored down the line. Yeah, basically, when you're the inside receivers coach, you're coaching one position on the field, one spot. You know, offensive line coach, you got five guys. You know, quarterback coach, you got one. Running backs coach, you got you got four guys or five guys at least that are rotating in. Inside receiver, you're you're coaching up three or four guys, but it's just one spot because USC's base offense under Lincoln Riley is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. You know, eleven personnel. Now, they do do four wides, and they did that more this season with Zachariah Branch being in there, trying to get Mario Williams in along with Taj Washington. But it still was primarily they wanted to have a tight end on the field. So that lends itself to, okay, do you think that you can live without that? Do you want to get someone else on? You know, that's that's something that will be interesting uh, to see as they go forward. You know, they had Taylor Mays as a safeties coach at the end. Uh, so we'll see if they try to split up the the DBE like that, or if Roy Manning changes positions. That could be something that's happened that could happen as well if they do retain him because he's he's coached a, di- a couple of different positions uh, on the defensive side of the ball in the past. So you know, all to be seen. You know, we'll get to those discussions down the line. But this is just the uh, the breaking news, kind of jumping in on what happened. Yeah. What else do you got? Take it or leave it, Chris. Uh, take it or leave it, USC's defense will be a top 50 run defense next year. They're number 117 right now. It's just so far to jump. I know, I know, but it's take it or leave it. This is a reaction pod, shotgun. You got to just go with your I'm going to leave it until I see some more hog mollies in the the trenches uh, to be able to stop that. Um, and, And I, like I said, he's he's walking into a different situation at USC than he was at UCLA. He's got more talent probably at the linebacker position that hasn't been fully realized and has some talent, obviously, at safety if Kalen Bullock stays. But the defensive line, not necessarily the same way. Um, now, the edge rushers, maybe, but as far as your actual defensive line, not outside of Barry Alexander, there's, there's not much there. Take it or leave it. USC has a, I wrote this poorly, but USC will have a double digit sacker next year. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Okay. Because the defense at UCLA just got, I mean, Latu and the Murphy twins combined for, I'm trying to do the math in my head right here, like 150 pressures. Now you gotta get the sacks off of that would be better, but Latu had you know, 14 sacks, I think it was. At least that's what PFF's number was for him. And then the Murphy Twins had eight and seven, so you know that's 29 from three guys. I think that USC will get somebody to get to gets to double digits. My final one, maybe Braylon Shelby. Oh, 
Take it or leave it. The Trojans allow less than 20 points per game next season. I'm leaving that. That's so far away from where they're at right now that if he does that, it would be remarkable. But uh, I'm going to leave it just because that has not been the trajectory of the USC defense in the last decade. I'll say not as prolific offenses in the Big Ten. Valid point. That is a very good point. And just devil's advocate, just devil's advocate for you. And I, I do want to point out that I would leave this one regardless of who the defense coordinator pick was. Okay. Fair so enough. this is not Dan um, you know, based off of him. This is, I just don't see USC from, they've had so many different coordinators and no one's been able to make that magical jump like that. So we'll see. No one's going to stick to their gun. That's a man literally named Shotgun, Shotty. So <laughs> uh, congrats on that. Shotgun, I've got to catch the rest of the second half of this Pac-12 championship game. We got to get out of here. Got to get right. out of here. Well, let's take a break real quick. We're going to get G-Mark to come in. Oh, no, we may not be able to see any of the second half. Uh, so, Chris, you take a long break. I'll talk to G-Mark, um, and then we'll we'll bring you back in. You can catch up a little bit because I know you didn't see much of the first half. So let's take a break. We'll come back after uh, these uh, sponsors and, and whatnot. Uh, we'll catch you guys in a minute. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back from the break. Make sure to check out our sponsors. And also, please like, subscribe, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Chris, I forgot this the last time we did a podcast, but we've had some people throwing some uh some some helium boys, some love on the on the on the reviews. So 
you know, want to throw a couple of those out there. Big data, big problems. Said great podcast network, like all the shows, but special shout out to the Helium and Cilantro boys. So he's going to be excited when we have uh, GMark coming up. Slim Trojan said Helium boys dropping knowledge and a little fun. Five stars. And the best USC podcast, long live the Helium boys. Skiba24 said, he said, Christian Shotgun are extremely knowledgeable, entertaining. Listen to their podcast. The highlight of my work week. We love to be a part of your work week. So appreciate that, guys. Ooh. So send us some more. We want to read read some more from you guys. We love we love the love. We love you guys. So make sure you guys are sending us those. Uh, also, if you have any questions, can what? I just tease really quick? We have the Peristyle shop that's open. We got a little oh. Helium Boys merch that I'm going to be dropping soon. Just a little teaser. Oh, just a little teaser. Peristyle shop. Go out and check it out. But that Helium Boy drop, it's coming for Christmas, baby. It's coming <laughs> under your tree, baby. <laughs> also, if you have any questions, comments, requests, send them to podcast at uscfootball.com. Make sure you put in Helium Boys or Chris and shotgun, whatever, into the headline. Make sure it gets directed at us. Um, Chris, take a break. I know you just had a break. You get another break because I'm going to pull G-Mart in. I chatted with him myself because I didn't want you interrupting. I know how how you get when you're around G-Mart. You're always trying to interrupt him all the time. So I wanted to let him flow for a couple minutes just real quick to check in with him on what his thoughts were on the hire and what he thinks about Danton Lynn's uh, defense. Tell him I love him. The Hurricane. Gerard, thanks for taking the time to jump on. I know this is an emergency pod, breaking news pod. We're just bringing in people left and right here, it feels like. What's your first reaction to the news um, as we're going through our group thread and trying to figure out, get confirmation, all that? When you hear the name Denton Lynn being the likely candidate is going to be named and then eventually is, what was your first reaction? Very intriguing in a good way, mainly because – you're bringing in a young coach, and I think that's probably the biggest drawback on paper is that he doesn't have a lot of experience behind him as a defensive coordinator, as a play caller. However, you are getting someone with NFL experience as a player and as a coach, and I always like that on the defensive side of the ball. You're getting someone who has seen the speed of the game, and offenses at its highest level. He's seen the best of the best, and he's not only seen it, but he's played next to it. And so I think you're getting someone from an eye standpoint who understands the the, the real details of the game that, that come to the NFL level because those guys get all week to sit there and film, if not on the field, preparing for defenses. And the defense gets to do the same thing, but it's a lot harder to be able to prepare when someone can watch that much film. Those NFL offenses don't have the 20-hour rule. And so defense tends to be a little more simple. So you're always kind of wary, okay, can they make that transition to college with the 20-hour rule in terms of getting your players developed and preparing them week in and week out? We've seen that transition, and that transition has been very successful. He's helped turn around a UCLA defense with just – just hasn't really been very good over the past few years. And so I'm very intrigued by this, just the fact of kind of his coaching tree coming from the Ravens, the fact that he was a four-star safety coming out of high school, somebody that USC and Pete Carroll actually recruited. I might have talked to him. I think I'm pretty sure that I talked to Danton Lynn when he was a recruit coming out of high school, Selena High School uh, in Texas. 
And the other good thing that I like about it is the fact that he comes from a coaching background with his dad, having been an NFL coach for so long. So yeah, you're getting someone with some experience, even though it doesn't show up on paper as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's very intriguing with the bloodlines there, with you know the different stops he's been at as far as being a part of the John Harbaugh tree as well with Baltimore, you know, playing at Penn State. Uh, so there's some in- intriguing uh, items there. But what stands out about his defense to you? You know, we just want to get you in get real quick, but th- this is the main question we want to know. You know, you studied all the schemes of these different coordinators that USC was looking at on the target list. What stands out about his scheme? He did have Latu Latu this year and the Murphy twins, so he, he inherited a, a much nicer situation up front than he's going to get with USC. So, you know, we'll see how he can mitigate that and the differences there. But, you know, when you're looking at what he's done at UCLA and, you know, when you're studying up on him, what stood out uh, – about what the defense he runs you know I really haven't had a chance to get into the weeds in terms of what they like to do base wise going off of what we saw against USC the first thing that stands out was the pass rush I mean their pass rush was fantastic they had Caleb Williams on skates the whole game he was trying to get out of the pocket the pocket was breaking down now we know USC's offensive line has been a real mixed bag this year. They play really well against Utah. Uh, They don't play uh, really bad against Washington or Oregon, but then they play bad against Cal. They were terrible against Notre Dame. So it's kind of hard to know from that game just how well UCLA's front was playing. Although if we look statistically at their defense, their ranks are like pretty crazy. So it's, it's hard to know in terms of just, you know, base, what they're doing, looking for tendencies. I think just the thing that jumped out on paper was the fact that they were able to get a lot of so-so, some would say mediocre personnel to be able to have a very highly ranked defense and just watching them against USC, which I think arguably has a good uh, margin of talent over UCLA when you're talking about offense versus defense they were able to dominate and control that side of the ball and really disrupt USC quite a bit. And so you're talking about multiples, uh, a lot of nickel in the back end. I think you saw some really good tackling in the open field. They look mm-hmm. more physical than USC. Really, they checked a lot of boxes against USC. But again, got to go and, and watch them, watch some game film over the season and kind of see how they adjust from school to school, game to game, because, you know, some coaches, they will throw, you know, four down against you because it's a run team. Some will go three the whole season. You know, there's a lot of multiplicity when you come to uh, playing college football these days. You know, everybody gets kind of caught up in the three, four, three, three, five. Uh, Is anybody running a, a four, three anymore? The biggest thing is one gap versus two gap. And how you set your guys up for success. And and we know that with USC was a big issue in terms of just play calling. You know, it wasn't necessarily about formation all the time. Sometimes it's just about, okay, are we going to have Romello Height go 10 yards downfield into the curl route when it's (laughs) second and two with 28 seconds in the first half against Colorado? That doesn't make sense. I don't know why you're doing that. It doesn't matter what defense you're running. You could be running the three, four with a two gap and running that particular personnel grouping and doing that with Romello Height doesn't make a lot of sense. So we see, again, you know, more with the resume his ability to bring things from the NFL, having those eyes, having seen the top players, having been a top player himself, you know that this is not going to be a scheme 
that's going to be about marginalized talent. This scheme is not going to be about, well, we got to use the field. We got to run some gimmicks because we're not big enough or we're not fast enough, et cetera. He's seen the biggest and the fastest. And so if USC can recruit those type of players, which they should be able to, then they're going to play like that. And that's what I think everybody knows about USC when they're at their most successful is when they play like they have pro personnel. So I'm excited to see that aspect of it in terms of player development and just to play calling and letting those guys fly and play confidently. Yeah, completely turned around that UCLA defense uh, with obviously Lachalatu is going to be a first round pick. The Murphy twins were really good. But other than that, do you know any big names on the defense? No, not really. It's not like there was an Anthony Barr or, you know, a Kendricks in the middle of the defense or Miles Jack. You know, they didn't have those NFL early round guys. So pretty impressive what he did there. We'll see what he can do with USC. Uh, Gerard, I know you got lots more to say about this, and you probably have some stories to tell about uh, the recruitment of Denton Lynn when he was a player. But we're going to save that for the two-star composite. We just want to get you in real quick to, to get your thoughts on the hire and, you know, kind of the defense that he's bringing over from UCLA. And we'll see uh, we'll see what you have to say about, uh, about Denton Lynn and what he can do on the recruiting trail in the next two-star composites podcast. Yeah, I look forward to it. This is, uh, like I said, a very intriguing hire, and it's going to be fun to get into the recruiting angle of it. And really get into the details of uh, a guy that was a really good defensive back, good defensive back coach. And now he comes to USC and uh, is a is a top end player and top end recruit now coming and seeing some of these guys that were the same as him coming out of high school. Awesome, GM. Thanks so much for the time. All right, Chris, you can come back. G-Mart is, is out of here. We'll let him go. You can come back now. Come back out of your corner. Chris, Chris, come here. Here. I'm here. Okay, I'm Chris. Here. Appreciate it. Chris, we got some questions. Um, I'm gonna if you're looking on our doc, I want you to look through there and see if you can find one that really stands out to you. I'm gonna try to find one or two. We're not gonna do them all. There were some good questions there, but we've answered some of these along the way. There's been questions about Jim Leonard, what happened there. We don't have the details there. Jim Leonard was a candidate. Jim Leonard is not going to be the defense coordinator. Let's put it that way. Now, whether that was him backing out, whether that was USC backing out, whether that was mutual parting, whether it was he never was the top candidate, we don't really know. We know he was a candidate, but it did not happen. He will be in the Big Ten next year somewhere, I'm assuming. Uh, so we'll see him down the line, more than likely. But, Chris, what question stands out to you that we need to answer for the people that sent in our questions? And thank you guys so much for sending those in. I'm always going to answer a question from someone who names themselves Big Daddy. So I'm going to go <laughs> Big Daddy. And it's a little bit of a recruiting question because this is a crossover episode. This is the composite two-star recruits and the Healing Boys coming together. Double dose of Cilantro Boys. So I got to get this one in here. Big Daddy asks, does this hire bring in more five-star recruits than other DC coordinators would have? Will it be able to bring in those top recruits that USC has been missing on and not able to lure to USC football? I don't know if it guarantees that he's going to bring in more five-star recruits than any other uh, DC. I'm sure like if you've got a Glenn Schumann from Georgia or Elijah Robinson from uh, Texas A&M, those guys are really good recruiters and obviously they've been recruiting in the SEC, but most of that deals with NIL. I mean, if, and if USC's NIL package is better, then they're going to be attracting more top five-star recruits. It's not all on just the defensive coordinator hire, but Lynn and having a new D 
defensive philosophy and scheme and juice in general just gives them more momentum on the recruiting trail to be able to recruit high-end guys. You have an NFL guy who's been in the NFL, coached at the NFL, excuse me, I should say that. He did have a cup of coffee with the Jets, but that's not here, here nor there. But he has NFL experience as a coach, so he's going to be able to sell that. The number one thing kids want to have when they go to college is be developed. They want to get to the NFL. That is overall number one. You know, you can talk about education and NIL and all that, but if you can get them to the league, you're going to get top guys into your program. So USC needs a better NIL package, bolster that to get them more five-star recruits. But I think Lynn is a good hire in terms of showing these guys, hey, we can play really good defense here. You've already seen what he's done in one year. He can go and sell that to recruits. So I can get you to the next level. We, we had a couple different questions asking this a couple different ways, but basically saying, do you, to your knowledge, do you think USC was turned down a bunch or was this someone they really wanted? And I, w- I think, you know, the whole process of like, you know, figuring out if there's an official offer, if, you know, that whole negotiation packet process is, you know, was someone offered the job or, you know, there's just a conversation that kind of goes on behind the scenes with agents, with, you know, the the legal teams and all that type of stuff. It's like, all right, what would it take? Okay, we could do this. This could be a possibility, you know, and then you start looking at, you know, the staffing and all those type of things. How could this come together? So some coaches like start kind of putting feelers out, say, you know, trying to build a staff. That's something that we heard about Dave Aranda when, you know, he was on the market at LSU and before he got the Baylor head coaching job was kind of behind the scenes, putting together a staff to become USC's DC. And then he got the head coaching job. So, you know, those type these, that's how this kind of works. It's not like a set and dry, like, all right, we offered this one person. We're waiting for an answer. Okay. They said, no. All right. We will go to the next person. They are, they, we offered them. They say, yes. All right. We take them. If they say, no, we go to this next person. It's not just a step-by-step hierarchy that way. So I think that was Denton land their number one pick. I would guess probably not. Was he in their top tier of candidates? I would say probably yes. Now, how big that tier is, that's a different question. Maybe that's five people. Maybe that's six to seven. Um, and maybe there's one guy that was your number one pick, top tier, and then maybe that's kind of a secondary, a 1B tier. You know, however, however you want to look at it, um, you know, I think that he was in the higher the the top end of their hierarchy still, especially after holding USC to three rushing yards, three, not one, not two, but three. Chris, I don't know I'm, to answer that question. I know you're shaking your head a lot to my answers, but you know, it seems like you kind of agree with with that uh, my thought process there. Shaking my head in agreement, shotgun. You know, I think Jim Leonard nodding was- your head. My bad. Nodding my head. I think Jim Leonard, as for many people, was the number one target for Lincoln Riley in this search. But you can't just put all your eggs in one basket and you put out multiple feelers to agents and everyone else like, hey, is there interest here? And I would agree with you. Lynn was not the number one choice, but I think he is. He was in that top tier of candidates. And Shotgun, I just want to say you were always my number one choice. 
If I got that two million, Chris, if you could have talked him into it, I, I could have a good kickback was coming your way. All right, last one go. here uh, that we're gonna answer. Chris had Chris Jizrani. Uh, I want to say is how you pronounce it. He had a couple questions, but this one kind of stood out. Do you think Riley took UCLA's improvement against and ability to stop the run into consideration, knowing that USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten? I thought that was a very Interesting, uh, you know, thought process there, and I, I think that's probably did play into it. Knowing that the teams you're going to play is going to be a slower tempo, you're not seeing Michael Penix. I mean, technically, you would have seen Michael Penix in the Big Ten, but you're not seeing Michael Penix and Bo Nix, the current iterations of them, on a weekly basis like you are in the the Pac-12 or you were in the Pac-12, especially this year with Cam Ward and some of the other quarterbacks. So you're going to the Big Ten. It's going to be more of a grind type of game. So maybe someone who believes in having some bigger guys up front, someone who believes in, you know, being stout against the run first and then trying to then get to the quarterback second as your secondary, you know, those explosive plays defensively, I think stopping the run should come first. And so we'll see if that's Dentalin's philosophy and how he makes adjustments to make that happen. I think that's a really good observation and point in question by Chris that, yeah, run games are very important to Big Ten offenses. And so why not get a guy who built one of the best run defenses in the country last year and did it almost overnight? So, yeah, I think that's a, a great observation. And I think that's a, a good point and definitely played into the factor into, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley going with Lynn and obviously that's something we can ask him like, Hey, how much did his success in building a great run defense play into this hire, knowing that you're going to a big rushing attack conference. All right, Chris, normally we end the show with a score prediction. So since I'm hosting, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me a higher grade at this moment, letter grade. What is your, what is your grade on this hire USC getting Denton Lynn as their defensive coordinator. I'm going to give it what's, you know, my first reaction. And I think that's a high B plus. I think it's a high B plus like an 89 to me. That's where it is an 89 rating. I think just because you it's, it's a little bit of a dice call just because he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's still relatively He's not relatively, he is a new defensive coordinator. This is his first year. So you're banking on him, you know, continuing to progress and still produce elite uh, defenses. You know, teams are now have tape. They've seen a Danton Lynn uh, defense. So they're going to be able to, to scheme against that and, and attack that. So you're hoping that he can, you know, keep improving, keep growing. So that's the only reason why keeping it under an A, a B plus, still a high tier, you know, candidates still high tier, higher. And, you know, you know, people talking about, you know, on the on the parasol right now, there's a lot of talk about Elijah Robinson, maybe joining the staff. You know, you know, I'm just saying, like, you pair that with uh, Lynn. They played together at Penn State. You pair that. I think that's bumping it up, Shotgun. I think that's bumping it up, able to get him on the staff as an elite defensive line recruiter. So I'm just going to go B plus, a very high B plus, like right on the verge of that A, 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 A zone. So that that's me, Shotgun. Yeah, and. and- how the staff plays out will play a good part in how the future of this hire is, is determined as well. Uh, very similar to the Lincoln Riley hire. You know, if you look at his defense coordinator hire, that has held him back a little bit so far. We'll see if this changes. 
I was going to fall probably in that range. Maybe a little bit points less, probably like an 87 was what I was thinking. Okay. 86, 87. Okay. However, now that you said that, I can't say that. So I'm going to go with an A. I'm going to okay. be optimistic here because I like a lot of what I've seen. And the fact that he's coming, he brings the NFL, uh, you know, the pedigree from the NFL, his dad, you know, the pedigree, the bloodlines there. As Gerard mentioned in, in our conversation with him, you bring that and you bring it to the college level. And there's a concern because, oh, you only got 20 hours a week to work. You, you know, you can't be creating so much exotic stuff. Can you simplify and he did that terrifically against UCLA. So I'm going to buy that his stock is low right now and he's going to just continue to rise, that they've just found, you know, that that he is a guy that, you know, is an unearthed gym, early gym, very similar to what you see in the NFL when you see the Mike McDaniels or you see, uh, you know, all, all the young guys that the, the Sean McVay's get those early opportunities because they're those young wonderkins, the, the you know, the Shanahan's of the world that he's down on the defensive side and, you know, he's going to be able to take USC to some new heights than what they've been at the last couple of years. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Be optimistic and say it's an A higher, give it a mid nineties. I'll go to 94. We'll be at a 94. So um, on, on the, the grading, Hey, 94, that's, that's a, what, it's at least a high four star, low five star. I don't, I don't know what our grade, that's a high four star. I think it is. So uh, 94 there. USC, I think, got a good hire here. May not have been their number one choice, but may have worked out for them just terrifically similar to Pete Carroll, who was not their number one choice. Just want to throw in there very last second, you know, where he coached in the NFL? The Baltimore Ravens, who have like the standard of defensive yep. philosophy in the NFL. You know, there's no more tough, hard-nosed, consistent defense than a Baltimore Ravens. They just have that ingrained in their their franchise. So that's a pretty good place to pluck somebody if they're coming from the NFL with with that defensive uh, stability and philosophy and mindset overall. With that, we're going to wrap this up. That's it for this breaking news edition of the Helium Boys podcast. We're part of the part part of the part of the Peristyle Podcast family. I'm your Shotgun Spratling. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to my co-host, Chris Trevino, as well as G-Mart, Gerard, oh, Garage, Hurricane, Hurricane, Gerald, let's go. Hurricane, jumping in with us to give his thoughts. I can't wait to hear the two-star composite podcast because there's going to be so much more information on that one as well. Uh, so looking forward to that one a little bit later in the week. Everyone, thank you for taking the time to listen. Please like, share, subscribe. Leave us that review on your podcast listening platform and send us that feedback, comments, questions at podcast at uscfootball.com. Hope you guys will be able to join us for the next episode of the Helium Boys podcast.